Well, hello everyone. It is very uh, lovely to have you guys all here on a Wednesday, an hour early, uh, earlier than our normal time. I was reaching out um, and speaking to Nicole and, you know, as our conversation kind of uh, danced around some of the topics we're going to discuss today, I thought, you know, we should do this in the channel now more than ever going into these winter months and everybody's going to be budgeting with Christmas and, you know, various costs escalating. Um, I just think if we have these periodic chats uh, where we are discussing kind of, you know, what we're doing ourselves, not everybody's going to do everything perfectly, um, you know, and you may not grow an entire food forest, right? But um, if, you know, you can grow one vegetable, you know, tomatoes, for example, are ridiculously easy to grow, I've learned. Um, you know, one thing really well, then that's your barterability. That's something to trade with. That's something to offer the neighborhood. Um, real quick, shout out to Jasmine Bertles. She's been doing some really great work on Instagram, a series of uh, things she does at the farmer's market and ways to save money. Check her out on Instagram. She's uh, magpie money or money magpie, excuse me. Um, so I guess today, you know, now that we're all here, um, I just want to say a few things. Uh, there's two things, just updates. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff and a lot of volatility in the market right now across the board, especially with crypto. If you are feeling, you know, concerned or you have questions, let me know. Um, but I think, you know, today in the digital assets channel, there was again, you know, why is it, why are you so anti-Bitcoin? <laughs> and I just want to just touch on this uh, ever so briefly because what we're seeing with this fallout of FTX and this kind of unraveling of corruption, you guys can see this, this goes deep and there's many um, legs here. And, you know, I shared some tweets that actually Vicky had shared with me about, you know, kind of where regulation is headed and what could potentially you know, be in store for Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining. Um, but the main reason I mention it is because, again, back to this uh, lawsuit with the SEC and Ripple um, and, and this kind of the stages set for uh, regulation, you know, just because they have a plan in mind or they're thinking they're gonna roll out another app, um, I really can't stress it enough. Like we have every right to push back here. You know, we may not, um, you know, all grow our own food yet or know how we're all in the process um, or, you know, have control of all the different various angles of the supply chain. But we do have a lot more power um, in how we transact and the customers and who we give our business to. Um, and, and this is why this is all so relevant so that we're understanding how much corruption already exists within these organizations. Um, a lot of free passes and market manipulation that's been allowed in what has been continued on as the wild, wild west called crypto. And why these lawsuits that are coming into fruition are so uh, important right now, because they all kind of, you know, teach us the financial and the economic aspects that were more or less coerced or forced upon us. But as they come to their collapse, all of us, have a place in setting this new financial system, okay? And whatever the headlines are saying about CBDCs or this is the, you know, remember this is a bit of code 
And that big code can be manipulated and changed, you know, by very talented developer teams who have the ability to write and delete things um, on, you know, on behalf of their customers. And we have the power to refuse a lot of that. So this, I, you know, this is why I make such a big deal about it. Um, no one's going to be using Bitcoin, full stop. So whenever anybody mentions it, I just get like, I roll my eyes like, okay. And, um, you know, this is, this is slow, antiquated tech. The days of percolating around Bitcoin were, you know, have been long gone. If we have another rally, great. I'm not against it. I want everybody to have some profit. But when I am trying to, um, and as Vicky and I have run this channel over the last year or so and kind of helped piece together some of, of you know, what we understand within the, the financial aspect and where we're going, uh, not to mention we are actively working on, you know, with the XRPL and Ripple, et cetera. So we can tell you that this is, this is a game, as, you know, a way to expose what has been happening in front of everybody's plain sight. Um, and same with, you know, education, healthcare, and where we're going to focus today on our food system, um, because, you know, we really can't trust what we're buying in the supermarket. And that's not to be, um, you know, fear mongering or, you know, kind of pedantic about vegetables. It's really just, you know, at any moment, these shelves could be bare. What do we do to prepare? What can we, you know, make of what we have? Um, and that's, you know, and then what is that extra mile or where can we go to connect with others who might be doing this already, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, so that's what brought me to this conversation today. Have I, have I lost you guys? Are you still there? Still here. Okay, great. Um, hopefully I didn't bore you all. Um, well, I, I wanted to at least address that issue because sometimes in the channel, um, you know, it's hard to kind of express everything or take the time to write it all out. Um, but I guess that's where, you know, I wanted to just let everybody know that there's going to be a lot of headlines that say a lot of things and there's a lot of noise going on. Um, and we use these calls in these, you know, this channel to share information from real people. Um, and that's why I, I appreciate everybody being here. And, you know, without further ado, I'd like to introduce um, Hazel and Nicole, they've been part of this channel. Um, Hazel, you're in Wales, no? Or up? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay. I'm in rural Wales. Yes. Okay. Um, just, just, just a little introduction to myself. I have been living here now for the last five years, and I've been trying to create an edible garden. So that's uh, pretty much what my my background and intentions are. Amazing, thank you. And and Nicole, do you want to say you know maybe a little bit where you are and how you started? Oh yeah, and it's yeah. lovely to see you and Hazel and Vix. So thank you for having me here. Um, I'm in Southwest England. I've been here for over 15 years. This part of the UK. And when you 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 had you had planted this garden recently, right? Or is this something you've been doing? Right, yeah, so I'm the city, city girl. So I've been on a massive acute learning curve the past year, mostly thanks to Jen's channel um, and the information you've given us. Um, I prepared for the last year, which enabled me to have my first strike at a uh, garden growing venture, chicken venture, everything that is the antithesis of what I've ever been. 
um, that I think has fortunately put me in some good stead for this winter. Yes, and I, I love it because last summer I remember doing a few of these calls being like, Hazel, I don't know where to begin. I don't know how. <laughs> so I've been on the journey with Nicole this past year, you know, from getting chickens to planting our own garden to planting an orchard. I mean, Nicole and I frequently joke about like, you know, this little house on the prairie shtick, you know, and, and building out a farm, you know, this homestead. Um, it's, it's not an easy job, but then again, it's not as impossible as one might have, you know, um, first, first think it would be. So ladies, that's, I love that you both are here. Thank you. Um, one has been doing this for a while. The other one has started up, you know, in the last year, I guess, where shall we begin first? Do you want us to just tell you how you started with where, you know, well, I I will say one thing if I may, Jen. And that's that Hazel is a total pro and I bow down to her and she is a wealth of knowledge beyond anything I ever would be where I come into some form of, of use is that I'm evidence that it can be done at the last minute with zero knowledge and it's never too late. That's such a great, a great, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Do you remember last year on the call, someone said that, living off grid meant hunting squirrels with knives that was me please it's not about no. hunting no. squirrels no. With knives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well one of the oh. first like so that's one of the stereotypes the other stereotype is like you need some you know acres and acres of land and while yeah, some people, yeah. you know, have that, and that's amazing, um, awesome, the, you know, the other people are living in London. So I guess uh, one of the things, I guess, to start this conversation that I learned first from Hazel, you guys, last year when I asked her, I was like, why aren't my seeds growing? You know, like I had planted one seed per little tray, and you're like, not all seeds uh, are meant to grow. And I, I just thought, oh, my goodness. Here I am, you know, delicately trying to grow each seed. And you're, you kind of encouraged me to just use them all and see, you know, which ones grew and let them grow. And then I've been asking you about the chickens too. I know. And I, I do you know what? I love, loved watching you grow with this. I have. I, I've loved it. It's been brilliant. And yes, you're right you know you you don't need every single seed to grow just just chuck them all out there just just chuck them all out there and the best thing you can do um is leave two or three of your plants that are looking healthy um leave them to go to seed so you can collect seed for them for the following year um that's just a little pro tip there um, if, if, if you just, just, just leave, leave some of them aside and just let them go to seed and then collect the seed when you can learn to collect the seed, which we all should know how to do, I hope, but obviously I'm happy to, 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 to give some advice about that. No problem at all. And do you think it's best to start these plants from seeds inside versus outside, or would you just depends on what you're growing okay so then this year we <clears throat> we started all our seedlings in in little pots and then as they grew we either planted in the garden or put them into pots 
tell us about what you use for pots because i know people can use anything from like old pipe to tire you know to little you know clay pots what what have you found to be the most successful okay so do you know those little um trays that you get um uh what are they called um you, you you know the type of things you buy mushrooms in the little plastic things that you can buy mushroom mushrooms in yeah they have the holes at the bottom and the plastic yeah the right they are perfect perfect for um sewing seeds and and i would not literally put one seed in one little tray um never do that i did that because be, no, it's a waste of time and effort on your part. It really is. Um, I I literally um, have one of these little plastic things that I buy mushrooms in a supermarket in, and if there's no holes in the bottom, then I I poke holes in the bottom. Then I put a little bit of compost in it. If you haven't got compost, just go and get a little bit of earth from your garden because that is just about as good as you can get as well. Um, and then just chuck the seeds on top, chuck a tiny bit of earth on top, make sure the seeds and the earth are, are meeting each other. So press them down a little bit and then just leave them. Um, they will grow if they want to. If they don't want to, then they won't grow. I mean, I, I have honestly had so many um, no grows so as i said i'm not an expert in this but when i do have growth um and, and i get you know quite a few things will just go bonkers and i think oh my god these are going to be huge plants um then then you look into moving them onto the individual pots but you only do that when the true leaves come through um i'm probably speaking too far ahead of myself here but I, I, i'm gonna shut up i think that's great outside of um growing them from seeds you know when, when we go to the supermarket do you have any favorites that come to mind you or nicole i guess that plants that are you can clone at home well okay my my no i i i don't grow anything from supermarkets um a supermarket food um I, I, I don't. Um, main reason being that supermarket food is uh, normally um, either ha has some kind of pesticide or some weird shit going on. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't buy, I wouldn't propagate anything of supermarket food. I have done in the past, but it's not, it's not lasted over the years. I mean, you, you, you can buy, you know, like peppers, if you like, um, bell peppers, um, and you, you can grow bell peppers from supermarket stuff, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't work. You do have to, to make sure what seeds you're buying are um, good seeds, um, non GMO seeds, most most important thing. Um, if you can stock up on those, I think that's the most important thing you can do right now. Um, I think you'd be proud of me because this summer I cloned, I was given um, a clone of a, a sweet potato vine 
and um, my girlfriend came over and helped me. She planted them in the back and the sweet potato vine took off. That was really cool. And corn. Um, and then my banana trees have kind of made babies. <laughs> so I oh, love my God. Yeah. And uh, we also did uh, strawberry plants because they grow everywhere, like just, you know, taking. And the hibiscus, um, the flower, I guess, that you can make tea with, you know, that was yeah. Yeah. Um, just cutting off all the leaves and putting the branches and just making sure it's watered, um, I guess, would be my biggest takeaway. I'm massively, I'm massively proud, proud of you, Jen. Yeah. Oh, I've been. I really am. Um, oh my god, oh, that yeah, is fab. I love it. I love listening to this. I'm so proud so of you. We found a third generation farmer here in Florida, and she just had a wealth of information. Um, and so she came and planted two of everything. So that was another tip, you guys. I learned that you know. Um, different, like, for example, apples will grow here if there's two different variations. Um, and they like, you, you, so you're having two plants of two different types. And then you know, other plants, you just want two of each. So I've been learning, you know, about planting the fruit. The secret that I learned this summer was they love vitamin C water. So now all our extra peels from lemons to oranges mango <laughs> literally we'll like make a little smoothie for it and we put it in the water that goes on you know all the food plants and then the the orchard lady that came over said you know do that for everything but blueberries um which like it a little more acidic have you heard any of that do you do that hazel or nicole oh yes um, and another thing that's really really good um in the times of um of dearth where, when we don't have any anything available to us you know that our own urine is really really good for plants no i didn't know that yes it really is um you can use your own urine um and you, it's it's one part urine and 10 parts water and you can use that on your plants and it's really really healthy for plants um everyone have a little google on that one because it's very very true there were actually so, books written about it yeah however controversial <laughs> see I, I i have somebody backing me up i'm happy about that but yes, yes, yes. yes. my god jennifer you are sounding like the earth mother right now and i'm so proud i just remember when you were really lost in all of this and oh my god you you've made me yeah i'm so happy and I, I'm, I'm glad you got chickens. How are they? How are your chickens? Lovely. Tell me. Oh man, now they've just become a oh, little. I mean, they're they're they were laying eggs okay, and then they went through the molting season, and now we're just nothing. <laughs> well, is this a good opportunity? Sorry, Hazel, to talk about. I'm, I'm mindful that Aiden's channel has been wanting to speak. I don't know if it's a question or a fix, Jen, you want to go to them. But just on the chicken thing, maybe we can talk about for those who have chickens or thinking about getting them, um, storing them for winter when they lay less, if not at all. 
Yeah. So on that, Nicole, do you put lights? Are you putting a heater in your coop or a? I, I'm actually not. So a, a lot of people just to explain the basics. When the chickens slow down in laying, if not cease, people will put in those heat lamps to simulate daylight, so they'll keep. Uh, I'm sorry if there's an echo. It might be because both our mics are open. Um, they people will simulate the daylight to keep them laying over the winter. I've taken a different approach, uh, which is to let them rest and let nature take its course. Plus, I can't be arsed with all the, you know, technical bit. So I am preserving them in the old fashioned way that has been done by the Amish for hundreds of years. Glass, glass. Um, is it glassing? It is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's water glassing. Yeah, water glassing. Uh, water glassing. Hey, I, I personally. I, I personally we still have eggs quite a lot here where I live. Um, and and my chickens, I've only got two of the bloody things at the moment. Um, they're laying pretty much every day, but we're letting them in the house. <laughs> um, they, yeah, they, they are coming in the house. Only Hazel. And they are dorking around the house and picking on the cats and the dog. And yeah, they are owning the place so do you have so, chicken ship over your house yeah yeah i pick it up yeah i just pick it up <laughs> i just pick it up and that yeah chicken shit chicken feathers chicken sass um yeah <laughs> we we <laughs> we let them in um we've had some really bloody horrible weather here in wales over the last few days and um, mine are free range anyway so they run around the garden um but yeah if the weather really shit they come running down and they start picking on the door it's like want to come in want to come in want to come in and it's like okay come on then and i'll let them in um yeah then all the cats and and the dog they everyone runs away um and the chickens just stalk around the house like they own it and shit everywhere um yeah so sorry well but speaking, again, Hazel, get, speaking of letting get, them indoors and i'm not about to ever let them <laughs> in my house. So I'm just going to say, we've got a very topical issue here, and that's the decree that is now a law um, for those following it in the UK about having to coop them up because of SARS, which is twofold problematic. One is they're culling them by the millions, all the poultry and birds. And two, there's a horrendous war going on between the farmers and the supermarkets about the price margin. So they're already foreshadowing, aside from rationing, um, a manufactured shortage of eggs let alone uh, poultry meat for those who eat it. Yes, yeah, so Nicole, are you guys in the Hazel, are you planning to store up for, you know, for sharing or, I mean, or is this for your family or how many, I mean, do you recommend other people get chickens for this reason? I, I think people are pretty terrified of getting chickens right now because they've been told that they have to be kept indoors in the UK, which is not technically true. If you look at the government website, what they've buried five pages down is that indoors uh, can also mean netting. So if one has a chicken enclosure, you can actually put netting over it. They don't have to be in a, a shed or um, any, any kind of enclosed area. But I think the headlines have put many people off acquiring them. Um, and not to mention, if there's any suspicion of bird flu, then there's a, an enforced culling of uh, livestock at homes. Uh, I'm of the mind that one, eggs primarily for my family in case there's shortages, but it's great for bartering. 
fantastic. And also as gifts when necessary to neighbors and community. Yeah, I second that. Um, we, we only, I only have two, um, they were both rescue chickens anyway. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'll bring them indoors if I need to. Um, but where I live, there's quite a lot of people around here who keep poultry. Um, so I, I have a feeling that we would ignore all of the shit that comes our way anyway. We just do what we want to do as we have done before um in this little hazel most people i know and i i am in sort of you know the countryside i know a lot of chicken owners the majority are ignoring the rules i think it comes down to whether you have a shitty neighbor or bad relations or bad luck most yeah people are absolutely them. no you're right you're right and and that's it and that's what i've got here that's where 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 i live we're the same we we just you know whatever they say yeah fuck it we don't care <laughs> we've always been like that here so yes i'm glad to hear the southwest is still strong strong arm well, i do admit i'm halfway through my netting <laughs> sorry, sorry my are we there um i just wanted to say look at those with your hands raised we're gonna open the floor in just a minute i just wanted to uh talk uh, we were talking about the chickens so if anybody has chicken questions let us know in the thread um and then i know nicole has been doing this i've been doing this as well glass preserving and it's just a way of basically put, using the lime pickling with water in large large uh mason jars or you know glass tubs i guess that you can seal off uh, to preserve these eggs. Nicole, are you there? Do you want to tell them of what you did? I, I am, and I'm sorry. Do you know, we have we have a thunder and lightning storm unfurling, and I also, in the midst of this, had an Amazon delivery guy who's still chucking stuff at the door. So I'm just going to enclose my dog so she's not barking in the background. I'll be right back. All right, so we can circle back. Hazel, do you um, do you glass preserve your eggs? Um, no, I don't. Well, the main reason being is that we use all of ours. Um, as I said, we've got two. We got two rescues, and we get two eggs a day. Uh, basically, we just use we use the eggs. Um, when I've got more chickens, then yes, I will be using the glass preserving technique because I I I thought. I, I hadn't heard of it, and I'm being honest here, I hadn't heard of it until possibly about three or four months ago. Um, and then I realized, oh my God, that's so easy. And yes, glass, pre glass preserving eggs is something that people should be doing, if, A, if they have chickens, or if, if you haven't got chickens, buy as many eggs as you can right now and um, do it. Um, I'm, I'm thinking personally of doing it myself and I think it'd be a good idea. Just get some, um, you know, like five gallon barrels or something like that. Um, Hazel, can I disagree, disagree with Go you on. slightly there, if you don't mind, um, if it's all right. And also Please? I missed the question. What was it, Jen, were you talking about preserving and uh, the mechanisms and that's where Hazel was coming in on, was that it? And I'm sorry for the chaos in the background, because I think that the, uh, buying the eggs and preserving them is problematic because it's taken a while for them to reach the shelves. They are not fresh. 
and they've also had their bloom taken off and they've been chemically washed. Those aren't the kind of eggs that, uh, from my understanding, and I've done extensive research, are the ones that should ever be preserved in this fashion. Okay, yeah, I yeah, totally, I, I agree I with that because, that because now that you've now said it, I, I remember reading it needs to be fresh eggs, doesn't it? They need to be fresh, ideally on the day. You're going to preserve them in the jar, which I'll describe in a minute if, if uh, Jen wants me to, but also unwashed. So hopefully the cleaner uh, of the selection of eggs without the um, poo or detritus, but you, you want to keep them straight out of being laid and put in the jar. And the I'm jar just trying is to think a, about people who, um, who, who, who don't have chickens um, and maybe, you know, maybe, maybe they could go and find the freshest eggs they could um, with farmers markets and things. Um, or identify a good local farmer who, who does sell yeah. free range eggs. Or yeah. buy shop bought um, eggs and, and cook up a storm and freeze the things. I mean, Any ultimately, yeah, with eggs anyway, if you buy eggs, you can actually just scramble them and freeze them as scrambled eggs. And they're, they're perfectly fine to do that. Um, yeah, and there's you, a million you know, things. Exactly. Uh, I mean, Hazel, you, I think a, go ahead. You can separate the yolks um, and separate the whites and, and you can freeze them separately um, if you want to. It, it, it's, it's, eggs can be frozen, but again, you know, um, as you were saying about, about the, the glassing thing, um, that's not something uh, that requires uh, any electricity. And I, I think, you know, a lot of us are looking at off-grid, aren't we? So the glassing... Absolutely. But we is, just have is, to fire is, on all cylinders and all options, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, so when I was at... Where I go, there's local farmers that come every week. And you can ask for unwashed eggs. And as long as the eggs, you know, are within a you know week or so, I was told that it was okay to glass preserve some use taro, um, some, I mean, we tried bacon grease, <laughs> those might be interesting, um, you know, but otherwise you just unwashed eggs so that they have their plume on them um, and they, they have that antimicrobial or the antibacteria, you know, that protects the eggs, that preserve it inside the water and the lime pickling. Um, there was a farmer that did it with, and she just wiped down the eggs so I will, <laughs> the jury's still out on wiping down versus like unwashed. I know some are very pedantic about that, like the day of, I totally hear you on that, Nicole. Um, I just, what we've done has been within the week. Oh, so. yeah, Jenna, I'm not that I'm not anal that if they're, you know, free range home eggs. I might do it within, a, you know, two or three days. I just, uh, I, I personally am not confident yet in taking store-bought eggs and doing it because of the lag in time that they make it to the shelves plus the chemical wash. It's definitely interesting, um, you know, to look into like you guys for preserving if you're, if you can find, uh, you know, fresh eggs in, in a local area from you outside of the, the supermarket. And I am still open if there's a way that people, you know, that, that, that one farmer that was out um, very publicly stating, you know, his, uh, you know, what he, his problem with the supermarkets, if there's a way to buy direct from a farmer, I mean, there's no, there's no <laughs> wrong in just asking, right? You know, so see if there's a way that we can, you can locally source eggs to preserve through winter. 
Absolutely. So if you can find a local farmer who can um, sell you a whole load of uh, eggs on a regular basis, do you want me to quickly explain the, the water glassing process, which is so simple? Sure. So you want to get a glass mason jar. It should be glass, and you can get giant ones um, that, that just allow you to fit your hand into it because you want to be able to reach the bottom of the jar, uh, and one that's a watertight seal. And you're going to get uh, what's called hydrated lime, uh, which is also called pickling lime. It's builder's lime. It's calcium hydroxide. It's a very cheap, uh, abundant, uh, chalky powder uh, that you're going to mix with ideally distilled water. So there's no interference with any fluoride or other chemicals. And very simply, I think it's like four ounces of that uh, chalky lime to a gallon of water. But you can work the ratios out based on, on your masonry jar. So you put the eggs in the bottom of the jar um, and add this mixture that you stirred around first in a bowl and you pour it over and each day you keep adding eggs. And they say that these stay fresh. Obviously you're not pickling the eggs, you're preserving the eggs as fresh. They stay like that up to a year. Um, they say optimal time is within eight months that you would consume them. Well, listen, um, Margaret and Eden's channel, I mean, you guys have had your arms raised uh, I guess we can open to the floor. Uh, has, does anybody else glass preserve in this channel? Do you have eggs? <laughs> Do you own chickens? Um, and then are you cloning plants? Are you growing? What are you growing? So, um, what I'm doing is I've found some perennial peanuts. Um, I'm down in the south uh, in the United States. So this is just something that creeps along the ground and it's a nitrogen builder. Um, so I'm just putting that into places that I will eventually um, open up to to gardening in. But I found that if I wanted to throw out beans, that I had a hard time getting the beans to grow because the the area wasn't inoculated. It wasn't there was no good bacteria in the ground for it to grow and really bringing out the fungus and the good fungus, the good bacteria in the ground was an issue for me. Uh, since we live in such sandy soil, there's not much nutrients, but uh, between growing certain crops just to use for later, I mean, I've gone to different stores. I will, I, I wanted to mention that I like to go to some Asian stores and a lot of these Asian stores, they have um, <laughs> wonderful little ladies that have their own garden that they've been bringing up and they have um, homegrown species, non-GMO that they've had around for a while. And every once in a while, they'll just sell the extras of their plants. And I've picked up a couple trees that way and then gosh just some food um different fruits that are non-genetically modified that i'll take the seeds or that they've taken seeds and they've grown from so just because you're thinking you can't take anything from the store i wouldn't get it from the regular store but if you can find these little offshoots where there's uh locals and farmers but also so um, just different groups have these areas that you may find in like regular store or in a store um, a store setting that you can get 
fruit. And if you like something, you can try to grow it. There's always the indoors that you can grow it. Um, I found some African yams and some tropical yams um, that would normally be eaten. Now, these don't widely go for sale, and that's not exactly a variety that they would use, uh, genetically modified to use and make a bunch of money off of. And so I just grabbed them and put them in the ground, and I'm basically storing it for later, but um, I have a bunch of just makeshift whatever will grow and thrive without me working on it uh, happening because... <laughs> Because I'm still working and I'm in the healthcare industry, so I swear they're gonna put me in the ground first before anything. <laughs> just working me to death. Um, so there's just a lot you can do now. The sweet potatoes. I literally just had a couple of sweet potato pieces. Now you can go to like a box store and buy a planted seedling. You can also have something you got from the store, which was a yam and it can start sprouting and you can put those in the ground. But it's amazing. If you just put them in the ground and just leave them there, it's just gonna grow, it's just gonna help. It's just going to add vibrancy to the land. And then you can actually take over and put something else on it. Now. The sweet potatoes are completely edible from the salad greens to the actual tubers. The hibiscus plants that look really pretty in our area and they grow easily without really much uh, attention, you can actually eat them and not just make teas, but you can eat the flowers. There's something called a Turk's cap, which is a type of hibiscus. And that's something that I've been trying to get my kids to eat. And it tastes like watermelon. You can only eat the, the actual flower, but it tastes so good. Um, and then we've got some cranberry hibiscus, which is another plant. But I encourage Jen to grow it because it tastes really good. But it's a great plant just to have out in your yard and then to find out that you can make a salad with it. And if you can't do anything, you can at least grow some salad greens. Inside, outside, they are short work. They don't take much. They um, are ready pretty quickly and easily if you're overwhelmed with starting a big new project. It's just really the little things. You know, when I go out um, to plant beans, I don't go to um, the big box stores and get the already uh, grown ones. I'll just get a bag of beans and I'll toss them out because really right now that's adding nitrogen to the soil. And there's a positive when I actually get around to putting what I want in the soil, the soil will already be ready. But if I don't have time in the meantime, if something goes bad, awry, then um, I can eat that as well. So I've got just storehouses of uh, little places like underneath my um, stairs where I've got a bunch of different seeds and some of them aren't, uh, they were possibly genetically modified or they're the type of seeds that create sterile plants and it's there 
it 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 can feed somebody that's hungry but it's not the long-term solution and so sometimes the long-term solution takes a little while to to get and thank you so much for that Margaret I'm just conscious we've got a few people that want to speak as well and I, I just I have one more thing to add okay. I noticed that chickens we didn't actually have um the the stores that we do nowadays served giving chicken their feed but they ate for thousands of years before then and I found out you know if you just let them kind of mill about but also if you let them have some of the ashes from any of your fires so that actually has some of the calcium in it that they need and that um it kind of bridged the gap and made it so you don't have to rely on anything coming from the stores you just you have we have everything we need we don't have to buy all this stuff sure okay so these are a bit random but i wanted to follow up on what margaret was saying it's nice to see you margaret but also get back to jen's thread and the point she made in there in there so yes, we're past the planting season externally, uh, unless you're in Australia, obviously, or uh, down under, and we're past the harvesting season, but there's still something people should know generally, I think, which has been part of my learning curve, because you might be getting fresh produce from a farmer's market still. And that's that, how do we store for winter? I think that's what Jen was asking. Um, yeah. I'll tell you the little tidbits. Yes, t let's talk about storage. So I, I learned, for example, I had way too many potatoes, way too many onions. It was, it was almost comical. And they were harvested, I think I did it about three months ago. And after much research, you put in your thread, for example, do we put them in tubs or not? So I talked to a lot of people aside from doing online research. Some people do store them in tubs. Bearing in mind, whether you have a garden and whether you're growing or not, or whether you're in an apartment and you're doing indoors or vertical growing um, on a fence, or if you have land, at the end of the day, this does also come down to storage. But tubs are not ideal, no, for potatoes, because you want them to be able to breathe. So short-term storage would be, you know, brown paper bags for potatoes, for example. But at the end of the day, hessian or burlap bags, I've got heaps of them um, in a cold cellar. So onions galore, potatoes galore, and they're still going. I'm still using them. They're still good. The leeks, for example, I can leave in the ground all winter, and they just keep growing. The carrots, I can leave in the ground over winter. But if you put straw over um, the soil beneath the carrot tops, the green leaves, that's going to keep the frost off. Um, apples, again, you mentioned that in your feed. Uh, if you have again, whether it's a cellar or a carport or a garage or a shed, they do these uh, wooden apple store drawers, where as long as they're not touching each other, you don't have to individually wrap, wrap each apple. You just need to store them in there so that they're cool, dry, dark place, and those will also keep you in good stead through the winter. Uh, regarding the chickens, just one last point, and then Vix, go ahead, and, and others, obviously. Uh, the other great thing about chickens is that when you're cleaning out their coop, which is a ghastly um, procedure, it's not pleasant. Chickens are a pain in the ass. Some people adore them. I, I find that they're a double-edged sword, but when you clean out the coop, you're creating compost with the, the, the contents of the coop. And you can just dump it in a, a little you know, frame and the chickens till it for you and they're creating compost for you. I, I just, just wanted to jump in about um, uh, the, the storage thing. Um, yes, you can. Just leave the carrots in there. Um, yes, you can. You can also leave potatoes in as well. Um, pot potatoes, 
if if you if you are growing them um don't leave them in any kind of uh plastic containers or anything like that if you're growing them in that way um i i, I grow potatoes in the ground um and i i learned that you can actually just leave them in the ground um and just pick them up when you need them um same with carrots as uh, as as sk said earlier on so yes i just want to jump in and say that and yes chicken um chicken manure is amazing i've got a hot bin comp composter so uh yeah all the straw all the hay all the chicken shit just oh god put it in there it is amazing it's brilliant stuff it it also saves you an awful lot of money in compost for next year and i would love to add something first of all thank you for accepting me um i have friends who have been uh looking into that um domain of um um moving into into a more self-sufficient land their their mission was to transform land gardens and green spaces um into ecosystems of biodiversity they really want to help people to educate them into look after the environment they really see it as a seven they, they see it as a spiritual thing because they, they see we need we're responsible for the next seven generations that comes and um they are they're community based uh, they, 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 i know that they have branches in they are in the uk and in glasbury glasbury probably i'm from pronouncing yes glass glastonbury and um and but they have also i know that they have some initiatives running in other places and their main idea is that they 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 were born mainly from i would read what they say in the website from global shift of power and the need to grow food and create localized community that want radical change and uh, and are not afraid to do so uh, so the, their main idea is to help people to to use this model in a community way and and i've seen what they did they really do amazing stuff with with, uh, with they were doing that during the, the summer right now i think their clothes will probably work differently but uh, the name is crops not shops one word.co.uk they also are on on um, on um, i think on facebook probably for sure and um, i think people who are encouraged by that who want to try to be part of such a community i really encourage to speak with them because i find the current situation really requires us uh, to to I, I found my community to to provide me such strength in this insanity and i think we really need if we we need to stop being dependent on the systems that they uh, got us so hooked into and and to try to rebuild the community i think creating that if there's community if people have gardens they can create some initiatives and 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 start to share that and and really rebuild something that is really missing in our society and is being taken by advantage by those who try to and save us all thank you for listening to me my apologies for the long speech so it's crops not shops in one word.co.uk and also in facebook i think i i think i i think i've been on um twitter spaces for too long i was just looking for a heart emoji to send to what you said <laughs> again i i Sorry, those are, those are people who are, I, I know we, we, we uh, the, the, I play, I, I play in a musical, um, um, let's say, live jam circles with African drums. 
once a week and those are some of the people that come they are from from this community they are working on this project and i find that to be um I, I've seen the healing that it has given them. I've seen it because it, it gives, when you work with the land, it gives you, it reminds you your purpose. It, it, it connects you to back to what is important. And, and it also empowers you tremendously. And, and I have seen it with, with my friends and, and I would love that people would try to, to um, well, uh, expand this, this, this view because I think it, it's so important for us right now in this, especially with the price that I think it just makes sense right now to even to start to have that. So people will start to have the sense that we can be independent, not constantly dependent on supply chains that can be broken and will be broken by governments the minute that they want to. Oh, you're so right. And, it, and, and that's exactly what they're doing to us at the moment. And Yes, I, I I would love to join your drum circle. Um, I play the djembe, so yes, invite me. Maybe later, anybody who wants to reclaim if you are interested. I'm, obviously, I would like to know more because this is a very separate environment for us. For for me, I found the connection with people to be one of the most one of the most important things that that have I've it's it is secret because what happens is the more you surrender to the now and the drums are really a great instrument for that the more you surrender to the now the more you are less trapped in, in your your ego self that allows you to change and that allows you to see things and that allows you uh, to be less afraid because fears are really driven from the ego story there's there's no fear in the now that, that's how it feels. The more you surrender, the, the more fearless you become. And drum circles are very, very important for that. If we can share, the I would love to have drum circles everywhere because I've seen people, young people, who come to our to our to our environment. Uh, I know, so it's not related at all to to crop. To crop, probably I should stop talking about it. But it's it's a good it's a good environment. My apologies. It can be another episode. We can talk about spiritual activities in the insanity days. But um, Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to, to share my friend's vision. And again, please try to try to reach out and to, to find out for yourself. It's it's really I found their initiative to be extremely helpful and 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 practical in this insanity days. Insanity days. Thank you all. Thank you. Um, Jen Vix, can I just jump in here after Eden? Uh, what he said. Uh, so first of all, thank you very much. And for the spiritual angle, and I, and I don't know about um, cropsnotshops.co.uk, I will look it up. Um, and it's very important. I think where I'm coming from um, and what you and Hazel are talking about is rather than prepping an off grid, which is you know a, a grand plan that many have and, and some aspire to, I think the more immediate thing is how do we get through this winter with all the warning signs between costs, as you say, supply chain issues, blackouts, all of that. And again, I can just throw out a, a few obvious things that everyone can do in the short term, whether they have green thumbs or not, it doesn't matter because we've discussed that and certainly there's more to be done at length um, for those interested. But at the end of the day, if you have fireplaces or wood burning stoves, start getting in shitloads of wood right now and make sure you're bringing it in the house and rotating it to dry it out in advance. Get in the candles galore, get in the, you know, the torches galore and have them all over your house at, at arm's reach, as well as batteries. I mean, there's a lot of simple things that everyone should be doing 
right now for what is going to be a very unpredictable winter, a cold one, potentially a dark one, not like Biden said, because those who are unvaccinated are going to suffer a dark winter. No, because of what the powers that be are going to do to really put our nose to the grindstone and make life miserable, we can easily be prepared to mitigate some of the difficulties that we're going to face. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking for my heart button. And I can't I find can't it. We're not on Twitter. <laughs> so I'm looking for my heart button for everything you're saying there. Yes. India. Yes. And, 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 and again, and speaking again, to those who are either city dwellers or not people with um, the inclination to do any of the, you know, the, the seedling projects. It does come down to not just storing up for winter, which is really simple. Lots of stock cubes, lots of dry pulses and beans and tin goods, all the obvious. But for barterability and also luxury treats, don't forget very simple forgotten things. Salt, sugar, flour, coffee, tea, chocolate, spices. All these things you will want in spades and also be able to hand over to other people. 10 million heart buttons. That was awesome. And, and booze. And it's booze. a very barterable commodity. Yeah, tobacco, no, alcohol, I, for sure. If I've got booze, no one's having my booze. <laughs> um, ladies, I just was conscious. India, Jane, did you want to say something? How are you? Welcome. Hi. Hi. Hello. This is rather great this little channel about food growing because this is just what I do and I just thought I might give you my halfpenny's worth of what I, I've been getting up to and how it started because I really started with a field and I moved down from London and knew nothing and nothing and I just got a spade out with a friend and now we've got a really big vegetable garden and as it started to grow I started to give very short little talks with photographs to people who did not have a clue. Um, they're sort of part of our awake, let's say, awake community anyway, but they really had no clue. And so from that has grown a small community who come every Thursday to grow and we take away food and we try to sort of spread the idea of it um, not through, oh God, you've got to grow your potatoes or you're going to starve this winter. It's more along the lines of celebration. And so every Thursday, the other thing we do is we have a massive lunch, late lunch with lots to drink and we eat everything we've been growing and we talk about things. And for me, that's the whole point is to grow, love it. And it is a spiritual uh, thing because we grow biodynamically, we grow according to the biodynamic calendar, and we've brought many more birds and insects into the garden, and that's lovely. We have little song ritual songs with ends of seasons and you name it, just to bring joy. And if I'm just out there digging in the mud, in the pouring rain, pulling up leaks with earthworms hanging off, it's just a, it can be a bit of a drudge. So we really try and make it really fun. And um, 
you know, that, that's it. And also we're now encouraging just individuals to grow one thing, you know, like they've never grown before. Like one guy who's a, a sort of electrician just grew chilies. It was just so lovely. He grew chilies. I brought in the eggs and another person grew, I don't know what, radishes. I mean, they were pretty awful, but nonetheless, she grew them. We gave them six weeks just as a coming with anything and we'll swap. And so maybe it'll just sort of get going. I mean, it's all quite, um, it's quite fun. And of course, even more fun when you can get together and eat it and talk and have a good time. And that's my sort of aim, my little aim down in this little area of Southeast England. And little groups have grown up and we get together and we're starting to trade a bit if we've got a surplus. We dehydrate a lot in the winter here. We really dehydrate egg yolk. We dehydrate egg white. We dehydrate potatoes, <laughs> ready to make smash. If you I'm probably older than any of you here, and I remember we had to eat smash when we were little. When smash makes smash. Hey, oh, no, 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 it's, it's for mash, get smash. That's it. That's the one. Uh, I never liked it, but I like it now. And, I, um, I love Quindia. You love what, what? I just said I love you. I love oh. you You're amazing. Oh, well, I love all of you. I mean, it's just so nice to be able to share it. But I think when Eden spoke about it, um, as a, how important it is spiritually, it really is. Because any connection to nature, which is so beautiful and we don't really understand it at all not even the tip-top botanist or anybody we don't really understand what it gives it's just amazingly good fun even when it's shitty weather it's really good fun when you huddle in the hut and eat delicious food i mean it's really delicious so there we go that's all i've got to say but anyway it's <laughs> great to meet you all online india well, if i may say uh, it's a pleasure to meet you it's an absolute pleasure to meet you as well. You're, you're lovely. Oh, my goodness. I want you to be my friend. Oh, happily. happily. <laughs> Let's keep India, in touch. Where have you been? Everyone meet India James. She's, she's amazing. She, she, is, she, is, she, is, she is. She's lovely. She's lovely. Yeah. I feel she's her spirit. I'm so glad you joined us, India. I know, well, I'm not very techie, Jennifer. It was really hard to figure out which to what to press, and I did, and it's happened. Thank you. And here you are, <laughs> my God. You're beautiful. But you see what I mean? Yeah, that was, that's fantastic. I mean, if everybody could organize. I love the restaurants that have their own farm-to-table service where they're growing their own garden on site. We need more of that. May I that's my ultimate dream, you know, Jen. If 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 we if if XRP <laughs> makes me a millionaire, which I hope, that's exactly what I want to have. Is to have your restaurant with your garden. Yeah, definitely. May I bring in another uh, winter, immediate winter prepping subject that is going to be completely prosaic and boring compared to what India was just talking about? Thank you. It, it's just a quick one, and it's not even about price hikes, which, of course, worry uh, the majority. It's about supply chain issues and shortages. 
I have, and not everyone would agree with this, I have been um, occasionally filling up five-gallon um, canisters, uh, metal safe ones of both gasoline, sorry, petrol and diesel in reserves for emergency journeys um, because we don't know. We already had our little faux false flag in the UK, um, if you recall, where all of them were shut or there weren't uh, supply. If it is, again, not just price, this could happen again. And I think everyone is entitled to have wheels. So it's another thing to bear in mind about winter storage. I wanted to add something about winter farming. Um, when I was first introduced to permaculture, I actually watched something called Sepp Holzer, S-E-P-P, -P, last name H-O-L-Z-E-R. And he actually has uh, one of the frontliners for permaculture, but he's able to grow food year round, even up in the Alps. And that's because he uses the hot compost to keep his plants warm, even during the winter. But that's, that could easily be out of uh, some people's reach early on. So the way that you could think about it is you just throw a bunch of things in the ground that would compost and then you put some stuff on top of it, or you can even do, put an old window down and do a cold, uh, what do you call that? You could go ahead and, I uh, uh, can't remember what that's called, but you basically, you're just getting a little tiny greenhouse for those plants that are already outside. We live in Florida, so our real planting season is just beginning because a lot of things won't exist during the heat of the summer so we have a totally different climate that we can use in the winter as long as we safeguard it from um, too much freezing so just go ahead and keep that in mind just because it's winter doesn't mean you can't grow anything true it's also a great time to grow leg hair <laughs> well no <laughs> nope what about no i'm joking I, i'm joking but Jen, if I Jen, may, if I may also, also again, again, everyone get your thermals in, get your woolly socks, get, you know, sorted with blankets and all the things that are both creature comforts and essential for warmth. Like razors. I say wax strips. I think that's really sound advice, Nicole. And, you know, that's kind of why I wanted to kick off this conversation because a lot of times when people don't really know where to start or how to start, um, you know, they, it, it is overwhelming. It took me a while. I mean, <laughs> Hazel remembers me last year that I was like, there's no way I can do this. Um, and Margaret, you know, she lives locally to me. So she's, um, you know, been teaching me too, but over this past year, I mean, Nicole, maybe you can speak to this because how did you adjust with, you know, um, kind of growing, uh, your garden? Cause your garden is plentiful and beautiful. Um, especially for your first year. I mean, how did you, you started baking, you were giving me quiche recipes. Um, you don't want to share those, you know, a little bit of what you did with, you know, keeping up with all your vegetation and produce. Yeah, sure. So I can't lie. As I said, I'm, I'm from the city originally. So it's been a learning curve, even though I've been in the countryside for a long time, I sort of imported my city mentality as many parents I know, um, have out here. But looking at what was going on with the world and all of our discussions, which I thank you for immensely, I thought, well, I've got the opportunity, the time, 
the space to, to start exploring. And I did bring in someone to help because I didn't have Hazel on hand, for example, um, to help me establish a garden. And I've been learning along the way. Uh, with regard to the baking, I mean, I appreciate that some people want to be off grid. I appreciate that some freezers might not work, but let's not forget if freezers aren't working and there's electrical blackouts of any sort and it's cold outside, get ice boxes because then, you know, the foxes can't get to the food, but you can still store food outside. Uh, what I was saying to Jen, I think we were chatting once about, um, plentiful eggs. If you're not going to preserve them, what can you bake? I mean, for one thing, I do have a lot of fucking eggs, if I'm honest, and I do give them as gifts. I'm not I'm not selling them at the stage or bartering, but I make endless rice pudding for the kids. Um, but I also make a lot of things that I, I can freeze, and that's quiches, that's, you know, Spanish egg tortillas. Uh, there's a lot you can do uh, where you have a meal on the ready to go with stuff that you don't necessarily know will be around or you can preserve. Does that answer your question, um, Jen, or were you alluding to something else? Yeah, no, I think that's great. I mean, one thing you reminded me of, of some of the store-bought eggs, if you happen to have a surplus, um, one of the things I saw on YouTube is they, you know, will open up, scramble them, and then freeze freeze them. Um, so if you're not going to, if you're not into the glass preserving, you could always look into doing that. Uh, with your eggs but yeah I mean just thinking of ways you can bake them and then when you're thinking of which foods to grow you know like we were saying just start with one that you can do really well um, and then maybe locally there's other people and there's a way that you can connect them what India was speaking about sounds like the dream <laughs> um, how do we do what you know uh, you know India Jane's doing with her friends because that is a really um, fantastic concept how did you guys get started and connected, India Jane? Well, I was on my own for a long time. And then somebody said something and introduced me to a little group in Seaford. And it just went from there. And that's it. And then the ball got rolling. And um, what's amazing is that people who just haven't a clue can do it i mean we make incredible mistakes i can't tell you <laughs> i mean really bad mistakes but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter just keep going and the physical exercise a lot of people have to get used to that but you just keep talking i'm a real believer in getting around the table and talking that's all oh you you absolutely yeah that's it that is it um, you you need you need to to talk to people um, around you and and yeah work it all out between you um, yeah you, that's it that is absolutely yeah that's it and so um, for those living I, in London and you know like Jasmine had a video up where she goes to the farmers market and maybe you can all pitch in for a tub of tomatoes or other produce. Um, or maybe a few on your street, each one decides to grow something and then you can have a, you know, a big salad or, um, I think locally here, we've got farmers that we could actually take our chickens to that would prepare them. So we wouldn't have to do that. Um, you know, so if we ever needed them as protein, 
uh, beyond the eggs, you know, so, and then they also make meat and other, you know, um, like poultry, you know, beef available for local people. So find out who's growing what, and then who might be available for protein around you. Um, we're also surrounded by water, so there's a lot of fish in the sea uh, for us locally. But I think that's what everybody needs to kind of start paying attention to. And I like it because it starts with one, and then one will find another. And then eventually you can kind of, you know, connect with other people uh, that will either, you know, contribute to an urban garden or everybody uses their terraces or, you know, what they have um, to grow a few seeds. I was just going to say, uh, whilst we wait for Mike, I hope he comes up. The other thing, especially for city dwellers, is just skill sets. I mean, someone might be able to grow things um, or store things. They, they might benefit from someone's carpentry skills, tech skills, plumbing skills. The point is connecting with local community so that there are tradable commodities to go on. I've just put a tweet in the um, thread for this as an example of a farm called Tip Tree Farm, who's advertising on Twitter, but um, also through an alliance on Facebook. And I think that's what we've got to look for is, is some of these kind of common threads where there are local businesses advertising and start getting outside of the comfort zone and the habits of just popping up the supermarket and really making the efforts, uh, like you said, to build that community. So if anybody's got any other kind of local groups within their area that they can share, I think it would be great to stick in the thread. But can I throw in a caveat, Vix, and, and you can tell me how you feel. Uh, whilst I use it insofar as watching it, I'm very wary of uh, the various apps that are out there, whether it's nextdoor.com that started in the States, it has spread to the UK. There's a lot of these, aside from Facebook, communities that are monitored and watched and looking for, not that anyone is doing it, but looking for potential tax evasion or looking for activities that could in a very unsound, tyrannical time be seized upon. So one should just be careful. And it's really about talking to people in person. No, I didn't even know those kind of apps. Yeah, this was just an advert on Twitter and then related back to Facebook. Um, I know there's like, there was other pages like, um, you know, you've got your free cycles and whatever, but the apps, like you said, yeah, we've got to be really wary of, of the data collection for sure. Well, also the monitoring, because I noticed, I mean, this might be a bit too local for some, but I'm speaking UK. My nextdoor.co.uk, um, which is community wide and you can keep it as, as local or put the, you know, radius out as far as you want, has had so many government ads, so many council, local council ads, whether it's about Ukrainians or housing or rent schemes, etc., that I just think, um, I see some people put stuff on there and I think, oh man, you really shouldn't put that on there. It's just a little too private, a little bit TMI, et cetera. And I love the idea of the community getting together. I've even found, you know, chicken coops or whatever on, on these apps. But fundamentally, if everyone can just uh, mend fences and, and get on well with their neighbors, it, it's, it's the best way to go. Yeah, I, I agree with that. <clears throat> it's... Um something that I have been working very hard on because I am uh, a, a partic particularly personally um, I, I'm, I'm quite quite an introvert um, and I really really don't I don't find making friends easy um, in, in, in terms of you know 
I don't trust people. Um, but you know, with it, with all of what's happened over the last couple of years as well, um, I have been very uh, <clears throat> reluctant to try and make friends. But um, by the same token, with having the allotment and meeting people in in that genre, you know, pe people who like growing things, um, people that are teaching me to grow things. Um, yeah, I, it, it, it's it's been really, really amazing. Uh, you ju you just try and try to, to to spread yourself out there a little bit if you can. Um, but I, I know that the last couple of years for all of us has been horrible. And I think a lot of us have um, struggled with um, being, you know, we, we I don't know, the, the, those of us who, who've been really ridiculed about the anti-vax stuff and, and what's been going on, um, it, it 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 seems general to me that we are all we're we're either all kind of together or we're not, and it, it just feels like we've been pushed apart so much um, over the last couple of years. So yeah, it's it's been hard to make friends with people. Um, um, yeah. But you know what I would say, Hazel, with total understanding and compassion for you, I mean, aside from making friends, people are wary like yourself. I don't think anyone's ever going to all be together. It is about um, sniffing out allies. It doesn't mean one has to become bosom buddies. It means there might be an understanding. It doesn't even have to be vax related. Just, you know, are you going to help me out if there is a problem? Can I help you out if there's a problem? And it's that kind of tacit respect and um understanding they're all yeah. around us it's it's just it's just finding them i i will i will help you out there's there's that i will help Bless you out you. you're my friend and and i think you know that that we we do we do have those people that we do trust but we you know that there, there is always that element isn't there of of being a little bit Stuck in the mud. I, I don't know whether that's an English thing or not, really, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I I feel very very frightened of people, um, and and I don't know whether anyone else feels that way. But I am really really frightened of people these days because I I, I don't trust anyone, not really one hundred percent. I would like to, but yeah. There is that element of we 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 have been divided and and not conquered. I I I wouldn't say we have been conquered, but we've been divided definitely. Um, but over the last couple of years, it's just been really strange, and we we are now at a point where we we want we want to try and trade with each other or at least support each other somehow in groups of people and I, I I would love to do that. I would love to find a group of people who I could trust. But you know, I, I've looked I've looked into this myself. I really have. Um I've tried to find 
a group of people who I, I, I could, you know, formulate some kind of off-grid community with. Um, but I just don't trust anyone. And there are so many people out there right now who are looking for the same thing. And, uh, yeah, I, they're, they're, they're all a little bit strange. Um, or they don't have the right ideas um, as I do. So, yeah. It, it that it that's what we're that's what we're facing at the moment i think as people we're all trying to find some something and i would love to be able to say that we're all in the same mindset but we're not even those of us who are awake um we're not well, well no absolutely i mean hazel communities bring their own problems and there's already always treachery that goes on within it i mean that that's a given so it's really about being scrutinizing and cautious, but not, you know, completely cutting yourself off. Can I just ask, because ours had his hand raised. I don't know if he wants to address you, Hazel, or what's been, what's been going on. Yes, please. Hi, yeah, I was just listening to what Hazel was saying. So maybe um, if you've got to stand in the park, that's a good place to go and meet people. And you've got to remember, uh, last two, three years, so much information's come out. It's foggy for everybody. I think everyone's in the same place. So we can all agree, the psyops, the, the evil people, we can all agree on that. But when it comes to the finer details, is the virus real? Is this real? Is that real? We're not all sure about that. We all have our different variations of uh, like what we think. But don't lose faith and don't lose hope. There are good people out there. And you will be, you'll be surprised. They're all around us. There, some people don't have voice. Some people are getting their voice. Um, and there's a lot of telegram groups as well where you can search, you'll find. So although they, you won't find someone right at the same mindset level of that variation of degrees, as long as they're on the, they've got a good soul and they're kind of on the same pathway, just uh, don't shut them out. If you're like an onion and you've got a hundred layers, you can let one layer go at least and then go from there slowly slowly like the fog you can take a few steps forward yeah that's about it oh my god what a lovely thing to say all of that thank you thank you for that okay well we're gonna wrap up this call nicole hazel thank you so much for joining thank you everybody else who contributed india jane margaret aiden's channel vicky big shout out and love to you thank you r um i guess i just wanted to Close up our discussion. Nicole, Hazel, any last words? Um, Nicole, you were on fire earlier. Did we get all your tips and tricks? Were there any You're very sweet. I, I actually, just my last words are to thank you for having me. Absolutely. Of course. Thank you. Yeah, same, Jen. Oh, Jen, I, I see Malcolm. Jen, I see Malcolm. Yeah, you've got a few minutes. Did you want to add something before we close? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Well, yeah, I just wanted to echo a, a lot of what was just said. I mean, I think <clears throat> this is, it is an apocalypse in the, in the proper sense of the word. It's an unveiling. And <clears throat> although it's been very divisive, um, it's, well, speaking personally, it's shaken out a lot of people who I thought were friends and clearly aren't. <laughs> Um, 
for and have completely rejected me because of what I was trying to warn them about. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I think this really is a time to stick together because I think that's really the only way we're going to get through this. This is we are being attacked. And the tragedy is that so many people just can't see it, even now. Um, so what we can um, retrieve from this is maybe some real community. What a great way to end the call. That's beautiful. Oh, good. <laughs> well, thank you, Malcolm, for joining and saying that. Um, listen, everybody, we... We normally do our community calls Thursdays at 8 o'clock. Obviously, the um, past few weeks have been crazy, and tomorrow is Thanksgiving. So thank you for joining this one. We'll hopefully have it up on Podbean. I'm going to drop a link for the Global Investor Conference coming up in a few weeks if you want to follow up on and understand more about Ripple and the XRP Ledger and what's happening with the incoming financial uh, system. If you have any links you come across that are of interest and relevant to this conversation, please drop them in the thread. Um, and obviously, as we share the podcast, if there's more questions or more interest here to, you know, further, you know, deep dive into various aspects, um, you know, we, we can totally, you know, do as you guys want. Nicole, you've been so active in this space. It's really impressive what you're doing. Hazel, I've learned a lot from you over the year, and I, you know, I'm just really glad that you were here to join us today. India Jane, you are an inspiration and so amazing. Thank you for joining and making time for us. And as always, big hug to all of you. I know it's Margaret. I, as, as, as always, big hugs and lots of love to all of you. Um, please stay tuned. We will have a further discussion um, coming up with David Morgan next week. He's our silver guru. And um, hopefully trying to schedule Dr. Peter McCullough. As uh, you know, he's quite in demand. So anyways, big hugs to you all. And I will hopefully talk to you soon.